So on this episode of the Faded Golf Podcast, we're going to uh, get really pissed off at our audio because we couldn't figure out how to run a mixer board because we're amateur hour over here. And then uh, we're going to talk about some guys that won. We got like 39-year-old dudes having won in 11 years. We got Molinari kicking ass. We got Patrick Reed thinking he's freaking awesome because he was a top fiver. And then uh, we're going to roll into reviewing some clubs. We got these Ben Hogan... Fort Worth black forged freaking player sticks. Um, got a six iron and a nine iron. We gave them 20 bucks. They sent them to us. We got to send them back, but it's going to be pretty sweet. And then we're going to shit all over Tiger and Phil because we think this total match thing is an absolute joke. And then uh, last but not least, we're going to give a whole bunch of love to Deadpool because we think his gin is badass. I've got this one about two balls out to the right. I'm telling you, man, it's a speed pie. What's up, everybody? Welcome to episode nine of the Faded Golf Podcast. My name is Mark Juline. We are, uh, hey, we're battling through audio issues tonight. I don't know. This is amateur hour as it relates to um, apparently recording things and dealing with mixer boards and such. And so uh, uh, John's pissed at me right now because we recorded, I think, 40 minutes worth of audio for an episode nine and um nothing recorded so we are gonna do our best attempt at uh giving you guys like a a take two on episode nine we have we've got some cool topics for the week and i think that's why we want to do this again and get it out to you before the phil and tiger match i think that's part of what we're talking about so i think that's important but we're gonna kind of briefly go as we do we're gonna dive into the pga tour a little bit uh or professional golf i should say and we'll uh We'll touch on a couple pieces. Um, one, Chucky Three Sticks, as I like to call him. Charles Howell third wins first tournament in like 11 years. I don't think the guy's ever lost his tour card. Um, no, I, you know, as we are repeating ourselves <laughs> again. But um, Chucky, if you look at his, he has some actually really unbelievable stats. Like, he has... Uh, uh, there's only like I believe five tour players that's made over a million dollars for 15 years or some consistently, and he's one of them. Okay, it's because his, his first his first and second round um, scoring average is better than almost any PGA Tour golfer in the past 15 years. He just shits the bed when it comes to crunch time. <laughs> so, dude's making cuts. He's making cuts. But he's just not closing it out. Exactly. And he's not a Saturday-Sunday guy. He's not a – yeah, I, I get it. And you know what? Hey, we get it. Golf's tough. And uh, maybe he comes out loose, but kind of turns the corner. I mean, it was, it was cool seeing him, like, crying. His kids excited for him. His family excited for him. I mean, I, I don't know, pretty emotional experience. I can only imagine how he was feeling and how he's feeling now. But um, congrats to Chucky. Three sticks. Way to go. Uh, another congrats to the European on the European side. So we have the Dubai race to Dubai, their final tournament, their championship tournament, and uh, Danny Willett again, guy who hasn't won since the Masters, what four or five years ago, four years ago? No, it was three thousand sixteen. So two, two, three years ago, um, he wins, but he hadn't. I mean, the dude's almost disappeared practically, and uh, he goes out and wins. Obviously, been working on his game. I think it's cool. any comeback story to me. I'm I'm a big fan of you know. So um, now I'm not like a Danny Willett fan, but I think the story of him coming back that's cool. 
Molinari kicked ass uh, all season long. Totally deserved to win that race to Dubai overall championship. We are a little bit underwhelmed. We looked it up. Uh, we are a little bit underwhelmed by the amount of prize money. Prize winnings. Yeah, the prize winnings, though. So that's like $1.5 or something like that. Euro. <laughs> Euro. <laughs> so uh, obviously FedEx Cup uh, kind of seems a little bit more intriguing to try to go after that. But at well, any rate. I mean, but we were also alluding to before we talked briefly. It's like, okay, the guy that's from America on the PGA Tour that said, hey, you know, he was making a pretty big deal that he finished top five. I mean, is that a big deal? Do we need to talk about this douche again? <laughs> I mean, hey, here's it. So Patrick Reed posts on his social media that he's the first American to be in the top five for whatever, for being a douche on the European tour. Um, good job. Like, who brags about being top five of anything? It's like, guess what? You If you ain't first, you're last. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, hey... Here, here's my theory on why Patrick Reed was even in the hunt. And this is a theory. I have no evidence behind it at all. Has nothing to do with him wanting to play in Europe. Zero. All it has to do with his wife wanting to travel to all the European destinations. And so she created his agenda for the year because she basically wanted to travel more to Dubai and wherever else, China, India, wherever else the heck they played Europe. And she wanted to hang around. She wanted to hang around in other places around the world, and not necessarily hang out in the United States. That's what I'm saying right now. He can deny it all he wants, but that's my theory: is that it was all her because she pretty much runs the damn show anyway. I don't know. You don't know, but I don't know. You, we've all. I think we've all read enough articles to know, though, that they she's suck. wearing she's wearing the pants in that freaking family, and he. Uh, that dude's it's it's a lost cause. So at any rate, uh, congratulations, Patrick. Too much, too much too much segment time for yeah. Uh, congratulations, Patrick Reed, on your top five finish in the European race to Dubai. Good wow, job, buddy! What a great what a great. Uh, I hope you get a trophy for that. Anyway, um, moving on. Uh, the segment we're going to probably spend the most time on, and we're really excited about here. Um, other than shitting on Phil and Tiger, is uh, that we, um, I, and maybe this is just me because I've dove into social media a little bit more, but I, I came across, and I didn't even realize. So, John, I was telling you earlier that I was a Ben Hogan guy back in like the early 2000s. So I got out of college, was one of my first jobs. All the guys in the office were just like, just all over these new forged Ben Hogan clubs and you used to be able to get these things at, you know, Supreme golf and pro golf and Nevada bobs and whatever else. But today Ben Hogan has a different type of operation. They are direct to consumer only. So you have to go through their website to get these sticks and, um, they have three different models. They have kind of their elite player model. I would call it their kind of, you know, forged player model. It's called the Fort Worth. It comes in a black finish or a chrome finish. And then they have their, I believe it's called their Apex. And then they also have like a um, like true like uh, game improvement type of iron as well. So um, I, they've got a cool program for 20 bucks. They ship you a six iron and a nine iron. And I had uh, these Fort Worth Blacks sent to us. So 
What what were your first impressions on the look of this thing? Um, I love the. These are the the black matte finish. Yeah, and they're great. I mean, they they they. The more I've been around these clubs this evening, it feels like a more old school style club. Um, even though these are forged, um, they're just they have a look. They have a look that um, that it's just it's just it's very traditional now. And then when you actually you you, you line it up to the ball, you address it. It's it's definitely a smaller head. I think you have to feel like you're a little more precise. And then when you connect and you hit, you know, you have, of course your, your misses are, you know, they're, they're, they're just less forgiving, but no. I think it makes, I think Mark and us, we we're, we're, we're talking about off the air is like, it makes you like, like really concentrate and focus. Like you have to make a good swing with this club. Yeah. And to me, that makes you a better golfer overall. I think you know. I don't know even our in our re-record here. <laughs> I don't think we really alluded that too much because that's very important. What you said, it's like you have to like to, to if you if you're making yourself making better swings every time, and you're really focusing in, and the club's getting you to do that, you're going to become a better golfer. I I think that a lot, and I it's I think why this club to me is appealing in that. Um, I could definitely get the feedback, and it reminded me of my MP30s, my Mizuno MP30s, and how um, when I hit a toe shot, I would lose almost 10 yards at that thing. And, you know, that's about a 10-year-old club at this point. And um, the mishits were a little bit off. And I remember, should I remember my dad having some Wilson staff blades for years, for absolute years. And I, I, I kind of, like, gave him shit because I was like, Dad, there's clubs you know this is like late 90s even early 2000s he's still swinging wilson staff blades and i'm like why do you keep playing these and you know what he tried hitting other clubs he's also left-handed so i think that kind of threw it off too the equipment that obviously was out there back in that day that you could try that was limited and so um he would try other clubs and he'd be like it doesn't go any further it doesn't do me anything different and um what he always commented to me was like, he's like, hey, man, I know I've got to hit it in the center of the face. And it really had him focus on, you know, really hitting solid shots and not hitting mishits. And to me, it's almost like I, I get it. The technology's out there today to help you be a better player on mishits and on worse hits. I mean, shit, I hit a, my driver, almost missed my driver the other day, and the thing still went probably 280. You know, and I'm like, how did that happen? I almost, mi- I literally almost popped it up, missed the dang thing, and it still went 280. And so I think there's there's great things with the way technology's gone, but at the same time, as it comes to precision, as it comes to slowing down your swing, focusing on the shot, um, if, a, if a club can perform like this Ben Hogan does, or maybe some, maybe I need to start looking at more blades, I really don't know. This club right here has got me thinking about what really is the next iron I need? I really like I, I, overall. I mean, I really like the club. Yeah, I mean, it's it, it's got a great weight to it. It's just, um, it's just it it it, it just, sets up behind the ball great. It I love seems the like look. They've kept the integrity of like what 
been yeah. Hogan kind of wanted. Small still, head, thin top line, right? Yeah, it, it, and it does. It looks different than other clubs. It really does. Like you were hitting my AP2s tonight, and then you'd go and match up with this. And I hit them similar distances, but, and I was telling you, when I felt when I set that AP2 behind the ball, I felt as though if I mishit it, it wasn't that big of a deal. Whereas I knew if I mishit this, it was going to be a bigger deal. Maybe that fraction of focus, of thinking about how you're going to take the club back or whatever it is, isn't a bad thing for your game. Yeah, it can almost help you self-correct faster. Yeah. It's kind of like, I mean, you don't see any traditional like blades anymore. No. This, Every, is probably, this is the closest thing I've seen to it. I mean, there's a little cavity on it. You can tell they've done a little perimeter weighting type of thing so that if you do mishit it, it, it kind of helps Have you seen anything it. thinner than this, though? Right now, not that small of a head or thinner. No, um, I'm trying to think if uh, off the rack, I probably saw some. Mizuno still has some blades out, and Tyler still has some actual blades out. But I don't. I again, which what are the, you know? What are the here's the thing. Blades? I have no idea. But like I've I've seen them out there, but I I don't know what they're called. My point is, I think I need to do more homework on blades. I I I and I, I butter knives. <laughs> so anyway, um, we recommend checking them out. I check think for out. I think for twenty bucks for them to ship you two clubs, check it out. And even if you want, they have a game improvement version as well. The forge feels awesome. They're definitely putting into their craft, um, and I think you can get a good deal or a little bit better deal than retail as well. So like if you know, right now we were just we were looking. We've been talking about the Mizuno's. Those are eleven hundred, twelve hundred bucks. These are like seven ninety nine, so I think there's a there's a value play as well because they're direct to consumer. So something to check out. We recommend it. Shout out to Ben Hogan. Appreciate uh, love what you guys are doing. So very cool. All right, moving on to our uh, topic of the week and um, what we think is just the, the biggest waste of. Uh, of time and we're we're really curious to see how the numbers come back for how many people pay for this pay per view, um, but uh, you know, part of me says, okay, Tiger Phil, that could be cool, but this event it, it's it's totally unnecessary. Well, I mean, even I mean, you think about it coming from Mark and I like. We're both around the 40 age, and we grew up with Tiger and grew up with Phil. Yep. And you think we would be all pumped about it, and we're not. No. Zero. Like, I'm, I'm thinking about, like, I thought about it a month ago. What I, I texted, I think, you and a few other guys, and they were, hey, are you guys going to be around? I'm thinking about getting on pay-per-view. Come over and watch it. And as the event has gotten closer and closer, I'm like... Why? Because people want, like, when you go pay-per-view, you want to see the elite. Yeah. Okay, I want to see, it, it, look, I would pay for Brooks Kepka and, and Dustin Johnson to go, to each, go against each other on this event more, like, than, more than I would pay for. And then, like, duke it out on 18 instead of going to, like, a 19th hole? That'd be the best thing I've ever seen in my life. Like, watch them fucking punch each other? Dude, that'd be the best <laughs> thing I've ever seen in my life. But... <laughs> 
my point is, we want to see the best. Yeah, the elite. And would you? Would you? Would you I, like to see DJ and Kepka play golf over Tiger and Phil? I think there could be some. Um, if there's anything that could be taken away from this event, and I think it'll be an interesting experiment, is that is there a more creative way or a different way to produce golf entertainment for television that could attract people that want to watch? And I, I don't necessarily think that this is it, but you know what? Why not take two icons of the game that are a little bit past their prime? I mean, Tiger's okay, Tiger's obviously proven he's he's back. Um, well, I don't know if he's proven it, but he's definitely back in the in the hunt. And um, he Phil, won the tour championship. He's back. He's back in the hunt. He's, he's back in the hunt. He's he's no two thousand three, two thousand five Tiger. He's no he's no Cameron Champ right now. <laughs> well, that's a whole nother. It's a whole nother story. No, I, Tiger is, um, he's, hey, he's one of the best putters that's ever played. He's one, the greatest of all time. Phil even said he's greatest of all time. Um, I think it'll be a fun match. I think uh, till Phil can rib him a little bit. But I will say in watching like the HBO intro special and watching all the crap they're doing leading up to this thing, 90% of this crap is scripted. Um, there's going to be very little that is going to be like off-the-cuff gambling and um, stuff that isn't like one-liners that somebody probably hasn't already even like written for these guys to say at some moment or something like that. It was just clear to me. Phil's Phil's witty enough that he probably could come out with some one-liners and some things. But Tiger, worthless. The guy can't act with a shit. He could barely even show excitement for wanting to do this match. It all looked scripted. It all looked kind of fake. And the fact that they're paying for $9 million to me is a joke. Um for them to put all that, whose money is on the line? It's somebody else's money, right? So, so it's a bunch of sponsors that are throwing money out on the line. If and these guys won two, sorry, one. I think it's a joke. Two. If these guys who don't need it don't donate the entire nine million dollars, they're assholes. Well. There's two parts that you know they're gonna probably end up donating. It's gonna be probably their, to one of their foundations, and Tiger Woods Foundation is big, but it's still a way that's promoting himself. and And Phil has one as well. I I just wish, I wish, they put it to something that was totally separate from them. Like, hey, little be, little sisters of the poor. It would be cool if they, both of them, agreed up front that it was going to go to, yes, a charity they both agreed on that wasn't their foundations or something of that nature. I, I don't know what's going to happen. I, They're going to keep my, it. My heart tells me... They're going to keep it. My heart tells me they're going to donate it, but if they keep it, I actually, they're both of those guys. Well, I guess only one of them is going to win, so I'll never know if the other one would have donated it. But if they keep it, they're done. I'm done with them. I'm done. I don't care how good of golfers they are. I'm done with them if, it's not, if that $9 million isn't donated. What's your call? Who's going to win? Phil. I think Tiger's going to choke. Wow. Freaking choke. Wow. Absolutely choke. I, I mean, I, I really think Tiger's going to, like, destroy him. Could Hey, I'll bet you a hundy. Hundy? <laughs> <laughs> no. So if you, if, you watched, if you watched the Tiger Woods, or sorry, watch this HBO special, Tiger says something about, I'm going to bet him a hundy. 
if I could make this putt off the green or some shit. He sounds like an idiot, an absolute dumbass when he says I'm going to bet a hundy. So John and I got a hundred bucks. He's got Tiger. I got Phil. Hundred bucks. I'm not even taking the odds. All the odds are for Tiger. You, if, if we took the odds right now, I think you, if Tiger won, you still might have to pay me money. But um, the with the Vegas odds depends but, on the hole he went it on, right? No, I don't. I have no idea. But we're going straight up. John and I are going straight up. Hundred dollars. He's got Tiger. I got Phil. This should be kind of exciting. So um, that that's actually more exciting than the actual match itself. That's a done bet. That's <laughs> just dude, Phil just sucks this year. I mean, he just sucks. He's still going to beat him. Why? You think he'd just step up? He's just going to make it happen? Yep. Gamer. He is yeah, a gamer. He's a gambler gamer. I am telling you right now, that guy cares more about winning his money and winning this shit than Tiger does. That's why he's going to win. Gamer. Matt Pate. There you go. Yeah, Matt Pate. <laughs> All right. So, um, uh, there you go. There, that's a little bit about the match. We'll we'll follow up on it next week. Uh, John and I hope to maybe catch a little bit of it on Friday, but I don't I don't intend on watching the whole thing. I can tell you that much. Gamer, gamer. Um, lastly, we we uh, we reviewed a couple gins um, tonight, um, or we're going you know, to review a couple. But the only thing we didn't allude to what's that? Oh, CPG. <laughs> Yes, because that's our that's our favorite guy. God damn it. I forgot about CPG. Shout out to CPG. You're crushing it right now. We love your podcast. Your interview with Kevin Kistner was just fire. It was just it was fantastic. It was it was phenomenal. Um I, I actually just started getting it and the well, the guy Yokum one is long. But dude, you have to listen to the guy Yokum one for two reasons. Guy Yokum tells some of the most amazing stories about Average subpar freaking pros from the eighties that will and seventies and eighties that will blow your mind, will absolutely blow your mind. And I I don't even know some of these guys' names, and maybe we can get into that in uh, the next episode. But that was it's it's getting so interesting, and I'm only like a half an hour into it. I'm gonna listen to it. And the guy with Yokum because Dwight Yokum is one of my favorite country singers of right. all time, but. I asked you this question before, and now it's bullshit, and you didn't get it right. But I said, hey, Mark, this is directly from the uh, podcast with Kevin Kissner and the Club Pro guy. And he had said, he had asked Kevin, he goes, who is the guy you would pick on the entire tour right now, current, who could get up and down from 100 yards? Zach Johnson. He said, Zach Johnson. You named... Every- uh, to, uh, Phil Mickelson. <laughs> He's going through this as like a repeat. But it was it was Jordan Spieth. And I, Mark, I, I gave him five guesses. He didn't get it. I didn't get it. And and partially because in this episode, and it's funny because I just listened to this today, so I must have like glossed over this. Because the part that stuck with me from this episode was that uh, CPG asked, Kissner, why he thought you know Spieth is struggling with the putter, and he said he just figured out this year that it's possible to miss a four foot putt. But let's back up. Let's back up for just a second on this. Okay, Kevin plays out there on the tour all the time. You know he's with these guys. And he sees the young guys. He sees that. Look, look, dude. Jordan won three majors like super quick. Yeah, dude. Jordan's gonna win. 
three, four, five more. I, I really do. I think that he's that good. See, like everybody else doesn't think that. You no, because people think he's whiny and all that shit. I I love the guy. I really no, do. It's I, it's. Uh, uh, we'll get into this in another episode. We don't like talking about the pro game too much, but I will tell you, it's a young man's game. Jordan's twenty five. He's an old man now. He is not an old man. That is not old. You're not old until you're over thirty. He's 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 past his prime. Oh my god. Okay, here's another bet we're gonna make. Jordan Speed. What Jordan he'll Jordan, win a, he'll Jordan win. at twenty five already has in, to make a comeback? In two thousand nineteen, dude's he gone. Will, he will win a major. He's getting married this year. He's he'll, gone. He'll win he's a toast. Major. He'll win a major. He's toast. Nope. Gone. Ain't gonna happen. Dude, it's not like us. We're no, it's not like no. us. No, it's not the same thing. So, it, it, these guys are mental midgets once they start getting married. And once they start moving on and missing putts and stuff like that, then they can't come back. It, they're a, they're 2019, a another Hundy. Hundy? No, you think so Jordan Speed, Speed oh, win another win a major? major? Okay, another Hundy right there. Hundy. Another Hundy. It's <laughs> awesome. Get to the gym. I'm going to make all my money back that I lost you playing uh, in, in, in all have. of our matches. I still have. Uh, hey, do we have a running total? Come on. <laughs> all right. Um, so... All right, so we di- we digressed a little bit. I forgot about uh, good old CPG. Yeah, if, uh, by the way, sec- check out CPG. He's got a new website. He's got some great shirts. Oldsmobile Scramble Sectional Championship shirt, one of my favorites. CPG, we're going to have you on the podcast, hopefully. In the Absolutely. Future. And, it, I mean, we'd love to be on yours too, but you can be on ours. It'd be great. As long as I get a Yucatan Master shirt for free promo. Oh, wait, we're, we, be, we would wear it great. <laughs> that or uh, El Chapo's Taint. <laughs> All right. <laughs> um, with that, uh, as we were saying, we we ex- we tried some gin tonight. Um, uh, I know we we know. Here's the here's the thing. We know not a lot of people are gin drinkers. It it definitely has um, some unique characteristics that isn't uh, appealing to everyone, and we get that. However, John and I, and maybe this was because we were in our early 30s or 20s, and we were. Tr- thinking we were going to be sophisticated by ordering gin and tonics or something like that um, uh, when we're out at some fancy dinners or some shit until we until we discovered bourbon and scotch is better. Um, but uh, um, we figured we'd go a little bit old school, but mainly because we saw that Deadpool bought a... Um, uh, That's his own brand, right? So he bought a gin. Did he buy it? Yeah, he bought a gin company. And they are... I think I was telling you they are out of uh, port. Yeah, they're out of Portland, Oregon, and um, so they already had the flavor. Th- this this this, this existed. So this was like an already existing thing, but uh, Ryan Reynolds bought it, and he clearly did his homework. This shit's good. It's really good. Um, you, I think with a lot of gin, you get this kind of like kind of bite to it it's almost kind of like a harsh like liquor you get that alcohol it's almost like it you know, burns and stings kind of thing um this is some smooth stuff that you can just drink on the rocks you know you don't have to put the tonic on there um and uh to me on the rocks maybe with a little squeeze of lime that i could drink this all night now i don't know how i'd feel the next morning if i drank it all night but um it's it's pretty damn good stuff. I test. 
It's great. It's fantastic. It really is. And I'm, I'm not going to say that about what he said about drinking on the rocks and then being like, like it, it, not an equivalent of bourbon or scotch. It's not, I mean, it's def, it's just not that, but because no gin will ever be, but just because what it's made up of. But it is, it's good. It's yeah. really good. It's, and so we've got this new scale that we're going to try to use, and it's not really even a scale. It's just a would you gift it, yes or no. To another gin drinker, I would, 100%. So, so I think this is kind of where we're going with this is, is um, you can put like an anecdote to the would you gift it or would you not gift it. And so the anecdote to this one is, yes, to a, to a gin drinker, I think this is a great gift. Uh, I think they'd appreciate it. I think they'd enjoy it. Um, I think they'd drink the crap out of it and uh, would be would be awesome and support Ryan Reynolds because, you know, he needs more money too. Um, so then though, because I'm in the gin aisle and I went out specifically to go find the Ryan Reynolds gin, um, right like two bottles down is this Eden Mills uh, gin out of Scotland and they have this St. Andrew's blend and it's in a cool like ceramic bottle with a cool like stopper on top of it and got golf clubs on it so i was like all right well i guess i gotta buy that now just because it'll look cool on the shelf and we tried it out um it uh it's a more traditional type gin definitely more traditional flavors but higher in i would say it's like second shelf correct so your bombay sapphires your tangerine tens those kind of things where it's not your well level or even like your basic level gin. It's definitely a step up. God, There's some cool I, I flavors used to in here. Crush them, Tangeray Ten. <laughs> <laughs> so good. Um, this was great. We, you know, we so we we tried it on the rocks too, just to get those flavors, to get that taste. Um, I thought it was fine, even without putting it with a mixer. And then we honestly, when I put it with a little bit of tonic to create kind of a genic tonic, it definitely was one of those where we were like, man, I could I could drink the hell out of this. So. Um, if anything, great bottle. I would definitely gift it to a golfer that likes gin, if not just a golfer for the kind of their like bar collection. Cause they could sit it up like in their bar. I think it would look really cool up there. Cause you got the, uh, St. Andrews essentially gin and whether you drink it or not, at least it's for a guest that comes over that drinks gin. You've got it and it's good. Presentation so. of it is fantastic. Presentation is great and it's, and it's pretty darn good. So, not um, bad. so yeah, two gins we recommend. And uh, we'll just try to keep shaking it up every week with that. So, um, hey, re-recording, actually, not too bad. Uh, we, we pretty much hit on everything. And um, hopefully the audio is a little bit better this week because we figured something out. But with that, on behalf of Mr. Falkenberg and myself, we appreciate you listening. And if you have a chance to play, even though it's freaking cold outside, go hit some more greens. You'll score better. See ya. Thanks.